You're listening to Reimagined Radio. Real talk, real life, real magic. Welcome to Success Unlimited with Dr. Patricia Thompson. If you want to be more successful while also being happier at work and at home, you're in the right place. We'll be covering research along with little tweaks, tips, and hacks that will help you to fulfill your potential in the business world without sacrificing your peace of mind. Okay, we're going to start by having you picture yourself in some scenarios. So here's the first one. You're sitting in a meeting at work. It's about half an hour in, and one of your coworkers is rambling about something that you're already intimately familiar with because it's a project that you were involved in. Maybe you even were driving the project. And this person's taking quite a bit of time to get to a point that to you is totally and completely obvious. Or here's another scenario for you. Okay, so you're at the grocery store after work, and it's been a long day, and so you've been really careful about picking the shortest line. You unload all of your groceries onto the conveyor belt just when you realize that the woman in front of you just sent off her husband to pick up something that they forgot. And then you notice that she's also gotten out her checkbook, and so she plans to use a check to pay. Here's the final one for you. You're at the airport and you're coming home from a business trip and you made it just in time and so you're patting yourself on the back for somehow managing to get through the TSA that quickly and all of a sudden the airline employee at the podium announces that the flight coming back from Miami has been held up by bad weather. So unfortunately you're going to have a two-hour delay. Okay, so picture yourself in each of these settings. How long does it take before you start to get antsy? or before you start to get frustrated? Do you find yourself feeling irritated with the person who's slowing you down? And maybe even do you express your irritation with the person who's slowing you down? Now, if it doesn't take you too long to get to feeling antsy, even if you never confront anyone, then my guess is that you might struggle with impatience. And if you do, I would say that you're certainly not alone. And so in this episode, I'm going to focus on impatience. We're going to explore the research and see what it says about the effects of impatience. And then I'm going to give you some strategies so that you can get yours under control. So let's dive in. Okay, so first of all, I'm going to admit that because I work with a lot of executives, you know, the people who I work with might not necessarily be representative of the entire population. But I will say that in that sample of people, a lot of them expressed to me that they struggle with impatience. And I haven't kept track of how many, but I would guess very conservatively that it's more than half. And actually, I feel pretty safe in saying that it's, it's way more than that. So what are some of their common complaints? Well, one is this idea of sitting through meetings. Um, they find them to be inefficient, and they feel that listening to others work through issues after they've made a decision is, you know, just kind of, um, is just irritating. Um, or they might dislike having to explain things to a junior person, you know, over and over. Um, and it's just someone who lacks their experience and is still learning, but they can get impatient with having to repeat themselves. Um, or another complaint that I hear is just in general, 
they have to deal with a lot of bureaucracy or, you know, they have to check in with a lot of people to get things done. And so they feel like it just takes too long to get anything done in a big organization. Now, I'll admit that, you know, you would likely expect to find a lot of impatience amongst the type A set, but I actually feel like we're currently in an epidemic of impatience. And I think that it has an effect on people, you know, way outside the executive world. And I would argue, actually, that at least in westernized countries, it impacts, you know, almost all of us. And, you know, it makes total sense when you think of it. You know, we get our shows on demand. And I mean, we don't even have to watch commercials if we don't want to. We can order things online and they can be sent to us with the click of a mouse. We can cook our food in microwaves so that we don't have to wait like we had to do back in the day. And, you know, even think about the library or the encyclopedia. We don't even have to do that to look things up. We don't even have to type questions into computers anymore. We can just ask Siri to do it. And so all of this makes life a whole lot more convenient, but I would argue that it contributes to a lot more stress and anxiety as we go about our lives. Like, okay, I'm going to give you the perfect example of this. So at least once a day when I'm driving on the freeway, I have the experience of someone tailgating me, and they're always, you know, in an effort to hurry me up. And now, mind you, this happens when I'm doing the speed limit in the slow lane. And I have to admit, you know, it gives me a little bit of subversive pleasure to refuse to comply or to maybe even slow down just to stake my claim. And I know that's not very mature, but I'm just being honest here. But what I'll say is that invariably after this happens, the person will pass me and they always look annoyed. And the craziest part of all of this is that there's always a ton of traffic in Atlanta. So after they pass me, they just get stuck behind someone else. And so they might have saved themselves maybe 10 seconds worth of time in tailgating me and then changing lanes. And they stress themselves out at the same time. So, you know, to me, I don't think it seems worth it. Now, as you might expect, research has shown that impatience definitely does have some downsides beyond just, you know, getting the finger while you're in your car. So, for example, there's a classic study that was done on people with a type A personality, and they found that people who were more impatient and irritable also complained more frequently of having physical ailments. So their bodies didn't feel as good compared to people who were more patient. Um, there was another recent study that found that people who were impatient actually age faster. And basically what they found was that they have shorter telomeres on their DNA. And telomeres are kind of like the caps on the end of a shoelace. So they keep your DNA whole by preventing it from fraying. You can imagine that on the end of your DNA and it kind of acts protectively. Um, and so telomeres typically shorten with age, but if you're impatient, you speed up that process even more. Um, impatience actually can also affect you in your wallet. Um, impatience has been shown to be linked to having higher debt. And that's likely because, you know, you're less willing to delay your gratification. And so you want what you want right now, regardless of whether or not you can actually afford it. And there was actually a study they did where they looked at teenagers and um, they were being interviewed and the interviewers just sat with them and identified some as impatient based on their impressions. So they weren't doing any personality instruments. It was just kind of like my general experience of you. 
And then when the researchers followed up with those same teenagers when they had reached middle age, the impatient ones were earning significantly less than their peers. Now, aside from, you know, your wallet, I've also found that impatience can affect people at work. And specifically, I think that it undermines relationships. Um, typical things that I hear is that, you know, when people are dealing with an impatient coworker, they tend to complain that that person doesn't listen to them or that person doesn't care what they have to say. And, you know, while very often that's not the impatient person's um, intent, just when they're doing things like checking their smartphone because they're bored in a meeting or, you know, if they're turning pages to look ahead in a presentation, then the message that they're giving to the other person is, you know, I'm not present with you and I don't even care enough about you to pretend that I'm paying attention. Um, I've also, you know, heard impatience or seen impatience um, relate to some pretty impulsive decisions. You know, people can be so interested in jumping into action that they might not think things through or because they actually weren't listening to other people's points of view and really taking those to heart, they sometimes miss out on the interpersonal or like the emotional or political nuances in an organization. And so sometimes they make their decision and, you know, without having listened to that, and then they get a pretty unwelcome surprise when they realize that their idea didn't get accepted as well as they thought it should. So impatience can have a negative effect on your health, on your financial situation, as well as on your work, and probably a host of other things that I haven't talked about. And what I would say is that even if you're confident that, you know, it's not affecting your finances and your health is great and you feel like you're just kicking it and doing really well at work, I would say that you have to admit that impatience doesn't feel good. And so it makes you feel edgy and antsy and frustrated, which I think takes away from your overall quality of life. And so I just think that it increases your stress and can make you, you know, even feel pretty miserable. So if you're impatient, you know, what's an impatient person to do? Well, of course, I've got your back. And so let's move into solution mode so that we can start to talk about some ways that you can get a handle on it. And I'm going to give you five tips that I really know will help you to handle your impatience. Okay, so tip number one is to practice gratitude. Now, you've probably heard gratitude suggested as a solution for a lot of different issues. Um, and there's a good reason. It can be almost like a virtual panacea for all that ails you. You know, um, gratitude helps with depression. It can help you to feel a greater sense of meaning in your life. It can make you more appreciative of your work. And although it might not seem to be related to patients on first blush, there's actually research that shows that it is. In one study, uh, people were asked to write something, and then based on the prompt that they were given, it made them feel either happy, grateful, or neutral. And the way that the researchers did this is that they told people to write for five minutes about an event that either made them feel happy, or an event that made them feel grateful, or else they were just to write about the events of a typical day, which you know presumably made them feel neutral. Then they were able to choose between getting $54 immediately or $80 in 30 days. And what the researchers found was those who were made to feel grateful were more likely to wait in order to get the $80 compared to those who were made to feel happy or neutral. So they made a higher quality decision that actually made them more money across time. So if you want to apply this idea of gratitude to your own life, 
then what I would say is when you catch yourself feeling impatient, it might be helpful to focus on, you know, what you can feel grateful for in the moment. Or you could take a moment to think about a prior event that made you feel grateful. Now, of course, if you're doing this in a meeting, you know, don't check out for too long, but just, you know, do it as a quick little exercise. Or, you know, if you're in the grocery store aisle and you are behind someone who's slow, you might even think about how grateful you are that you can actually even afford to buy groceries. Or you could think about all the unnamed people who've contributed to, you know, helping you to be able to go to the grocery store and pick up the food you need in such a convenient fashion. I mean, when you take a step back to think about it, you know, there's people who planted the food and tended to the food and got the food out. And then there are the people who transported the food. You know, there might be people in a factory who were, you know, overseeing putting the food in boxes. Then the logistics people who brought it to the grocery store, the guys who put it on the shelves, and the person who's selling it to you. So, I mean, that's a huge chain if you think of it. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing and a lot to be grateful for. So that's tip number one, gratitude. Um, tip number two is kind of related to gratitude, and it's the idea of valuing the process. Um, if you can value the process, it might take some of the edge off of your impatience. You know, in my experience, a lot of people get impatient because they want to get to the end results as fast as they can. And so as a result, they lose sight of the value of the journey. And I know that totally sounds like a cliche and something straight out of reality TV, using the word journey, uh, but it is true. So let's think of the example for ex of being impatient in a meeting. So a lot of people who I've worked with, like I said, tend to see the discussions as a waste of time. They just want to get to the point, you know, let's make the decision and let's move on, people. Now, what these people tend to miss is that, first of all, the discussion can really help to spark all kinds of ideas that can help people to make a better quality decision. You know, research shows that the more ideas the people in a group come up with, the more creative they're likely to be in their solutions. So if you cut off the process too early, you can be shooting yourself in the foot because you have fewer ideas that you're vetting in terms of seeing if they're good ones or not. The other thing to think about is that people like to talk things out and they like to feel like they've been heard. I mean, you know, doesn't everyone want a chance to influence a decision? And if you haven't felt like you had a chance to say your piece, are you more likely to buy into the decision or less likely? Okay, so I'm guessing it's less likely. And, you know, that's probably true for you as well. So if you can appreciate the value of the process of what you're going through to get to the end result, then hopefully you'll have greater patience for the time that it takes to actually get to the end result. Okay, tip number three. So this one is simply to take a deep breath. So when you're feeling impatient, there's a good chance that your body is also amped up and feeling stressed. And so to deal with that, all you have to do is take some belly breaths, some deep breaths from your belly. And there's a reason that you hear people mentioning that you should count to 10 or that you should take a deep breath, and it's because it works. And so to do it, all you do is you simply pretend that you have an imaginary balloon in your abdominal area and you slowly fill it up during your inhale and then you gently let the air seep out on your exhale. And you do a few of these and then you'll find that you relax and that you might even get some of your sense of perspective back. So let's try it out. So sit up reasonably straight, 
and you're going to inhale through your nose and you're going to inflate that imaginary balloon. And then you're going to exhale. You can do it through your mouth and you might even want to make a whooshing sound. And again, inhale. Exhale. One more. Inhale. And exhale. Okay, now I wasn't even feeling, you know, at all anxious or um, impatient when I started doing that, but I can say that it's made me feel more relaxed. And, you know, if you're doing it around other people, you don't have to be as obvious with it. You can be a little bit more subtle. Just do the inhale and exhale through your nose. But um, do that, and, and I'm pretty sure that it's going to help to calm you down. Okay, tip number four. So this is for those instances where you just don't have any control. So let's go back to the example where the airline employee tells you that your flight is delayed. Now, if you get upset or annoyed that things aren't going the way that you want them to, what's going to change? Nothing, right? Well, except maybe your blood pressure. So the suggestion for tip number four is just surrender to it. And in some ways, it can even be empowering. I mean, if you make an active decision that the situation isn't going to get the best of you, even when you see people around you who are wailing and gnashing their teeth and generally losing it, it makes you feel like you're totally in control of yourself and how you respond. So it's kind of crazy how in a situation in which you have no control, it can make you feel even more in control. And I'm going to give you an example of <clears throat> when I did this recently. So, um, if you live in the United States, you may or may not have heard that relatively recently um, in Atlanta, we had a big fire on one of our freeways, and it put a big section of it out of commission. And Atlanta is a city with a lot of traffic, and this freeway was a major one, and so this was a big deal. Basically, what happened is that people were having to go on the other freeways, and so those were getting more congested, and they're usually congested anyway. Or people were trying to avoid it by going on the surface streets. But, you know, everybody has the same Google Maps or Waze telling them where to go. So those surface streets were getting congested too. And so one day I had to um, drop my nephew off somewhere. And it was right in the midst of where, you know, kind of ground zero for where the traffic was the worst. And I'm not exaggerating when I say, because I looked at my clock and my odometer, that it took me half an hour to go... Uh, one mile. And so in that kind of instance, there's nothing you can do. There were other people around, you know, trying to cut me off <laughs> or cut each other off, you know, to save themselves one second extra time. But there really wasn't anything that you could do. So I just surrendered to it. You know, I turned on the music to something that I enjoyed and I just did my best to relax and stay calm. And, you know, now that I think of it, it was kind of a Jedi mind trick because I did manage to stay calm, even though traffic was like inching along. Um, but it, it also helped me to feel pretty empowered that, you know, even in this really terrible traffic, I was able to keep my cool. So surrendering to it, I got to say that it works and it definitely can help you to feel better in the moment. Okay, now the last tip that I have for you is simply to put it in perspective. And I know that sometimes, <clears throat> excuse me, this can be easier said than done, 
But I like to use the analogy of a camera lens to explain this one. So think of a camera lens and the fact that you can adjust the aperture to let in a bigger picture. So you can look at things in an immediate sense, or you can look at the little detail that's right in front of you, or you can zoom out and look at it from a larger context. So, you know, after all, in the grand scheme of life, you know, does a few minutes behind a driver who's going a little slower than you would like really matter? Or, you know, a few years from now, will you really care that it's taking your four-year-old a few extra minutes to leave the house because he's determined to want to touch every single thing on the way to the door? And I actually experienced that this morning, so that one's fresh. But probably not, right? So just take a step back and put the matter in the appropriate perspective, and that'll help you to, you know, have a little bit more patience with it. So those are my tips, and there are probably others I could give you, but that definitely should get you off to a good start. And I just want to finish with one final caveat. Now, what you don't want to do is what a lot of impatient people can tend to do, um, especially at work. You know, they can grit their teeth or they can white knuckle it in an attempt to try to pretend that they're not feeling impatient. So what I would say to that is it just doesn't work. People can sense it and they can see right through those efforts. And plus, even if you manage to fool other people, you're still experiencing that internal anxiety and the frustration that we've seen can work against you. So in the tips that I've give you, given you, you know, my goal really is to help you to shift your perspective and to use those suggestions so that you don't experience the impatience at all. Or if you do experience it, you know, you're able to nip it in the bud you know, pretty soon after it starts. Now, one last thing that you could do as a longer-term strategy is to develop a mindfulness practice. And I'll get more into that in a future episode. Um, but the idea is, you know, if you develop a mindfulness practice, research shows that it actually has an impact on your brain so that your brain, you know, basically there are shifts in the gray matter and you're less likely to experience anxiety at all. So essentially what you're doing is creating a more patient brain. Um, if you're curious, you can check out my website, um, www.executivemindfulness.org, um, because there is some information there that can get you moving in the right direction in developing a mindfulness practice. Okay, so that's it for this episode. And as always, I would love to hear from you. So contact me at silverliningpsychology.com. You can go to the contact page and leave me a note, or you can send me a tweet at Patricia underscore ATL. So this is Dr. Patricia Thompson signing off, and I hope you have an amazing day.